Welcome to episode 107 of Lave Radio, the show that discusses all things early dangerous. I, tonight, am your host, Chris Jarvis, and with me in the orange sidewinder of doom, uh, I have... Commander Edelweiss, otherwise known as Ben Mosswood-Ward. Commander Colin Ford, otherwise known as Commander Phoenix to Fire. And hiding in the back room, it's Commander Psychoco, otherwise known as Grant Wilcott. What? I got that the wrong way around. Never mind. Yeah, same here. Don't <laughs> worry about it. Moving <laughs> on. Bar steward and... <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I forget about these things. Um, oh, yeah, I was pleased you came in there, Grant. I wasn't actually sure if you were <laughs> going to say anything or if there was just going to be dead silence as you disappeared and the sound of kitchens in the background. <laughs> Not yet, but soon. <laughs> awesome. Uh, so, welcome to uh, Lave Radio this week. We have had, I'm feeling quite overwhelmed this week because having had, you know, because I've, I've maybe missed a couple of weeks and before that we cancelled because there was no news. And this week I am struggling to catch up with all the news that there has been. I think there have been, have there been two Countdown to Engineer streams even since our show last week? No. Yes, there have been. Well, oh, yeah, yeah, you're sorry, you're right, you're right, sorry. <laughs> we have a consensus in the orange side one. Yes, I'm just stupid. Yeah, so I think we have, uh, we have due copious notes on the one that just happened. Uh, do we have copious notes on the previous one, episode two, or, or not? Because yeah, I've had well, a look through it, and I've noted some things that are interesting me. Well, put it this way, I mean, there's been an awful lot of, yeah, as you say, an overwhelming amount of information that's come through. And (laughs) it's one of these things with, you just, it's the bus syndrome again. You sort of, you wait ages for tons and tons of news, and it all comes at once. One big steaming dump of news headed our way. And I don't think the toilet can cope. Yeah. So, um, 2.1 comes to lots of stuff. I have to say, the stuff that I have seen and caught up with, I haven't seen all of tonight's stream. I have concerns. Should we have the concerns klaxon going off at some point? But I will come to that. I will come to that when we get to it. I will not preempt my concerns. Uh, so how have you guys been doing this week? Uh, Colin, what have you been up to? How well, are we with the game? Oh, well, I'm actually fine with the game at the moment. Um, I've gone up another Imperial rank. Um, I'm on my way to, to trying to get my clipper. Uh, so, uh, but I've been doing a lot of assassination missions for the first time, and I like them. I, I end up being wanted a little bit too much. Uh, but apart from that, uh, I'm, it's just so nice to get a break from uh, trying to, to trade up. Because at the moment, I'm, I'm 20% off the next uh, trading rank. And that means an awful lot of grinding with the T9 in order to go up. So it's nice to just break out and go, right, that's fine, I can, I can relieve this tension with a little, sh- little bit of shooting. And also for Top Shift, I'm going through each of the different mission types, doing a little tutorial for each. So um, it's good to, to get that under my belt. 
Awesome, awesome. So if you're being wanted quite a lot, who are you antagonising? Um, I'd rather not say, because as soon as I turn <laughs> up there, then there might be a few people who think, oh, that's worth a punt. That's a free beam laser if I get in. <laughs> okay, fair enough. That, although, that's not entirely what I meant by how's the game. How's the um, ship combat rules coming along? Well, to tell you the truth, they are feature complete. Okay. Um, as far as Dave Hughes is concerned, um, I think uh, as we've, we've got it as far as we're going to take it for the moment. Um, the RPG itself is hopefully going to Frontier this week, or the very latest beginning of next week, uh, for approval. And then that's it. It's out of the way until we get feedback from Frontier to say, right, um, you need to make these changes, or they turn around and say, yep, good to go. Okay, just quickly, Colin, we're getting some comments on the Twitch chat. Um, apparently, I'm the only person who is coming through on the video stream. Apparently, you're, everyone else's audio and yours. Well, actually, presumably, everyone else as well as me is coming through. I don't know if Ben says anything, whether people can hear that. But certainly, Colin, your mic isn't going through to Twitch. Oh, how weird. Um, right, well, I might need a little bit of help with that, uh, if someone could... <laughs> Pass it over. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're doing live technical support here on the show. So um, if you go into your settings and your audio, what uh-huh. is your microphone device set to? Uh, Do you use voice meter? No, I don't. Microphone auxiliary audio device disabled. That would be good. Okay. Maybe, um, uh, Cow, uh, if you're, Cow, if you're around, can you have a private text chat with Colin and... Uh, <laughs> Hopefully we'll get there. And I will it's, move on to Ben. Hopefully people can hear Ben. I don't know. Hello, Twitch. Can you hear me? Hopefully Twitch can hear me. So, yeah, Twitch, let me know uh, if you can um, hear Ben. Um, so, Ben, what have you been up to this week? Well, one is also ranking up with the Imperials. One, one is now an, an Earl. Oh, um, you. Yeah. Yeah, peasant. I'm Sorry, not. What? I'm a squire. Thank you. <laughs> oh, yeah, peasant. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm I'm one rank away from the imperial clipper, um, and I've done. I, I'm only a chief petty officer though in the feds because the federation. I don't like them very much after they took offence at some of my actions early in in the game. Um, so I, I've been doing that. I've, like Colin, I've actually been doing my assassination missions. Um, I've also been doing lots and lots of bounty hunting and smuggling missions and save the commander on a planet, not, well, save an NPC on a planet missions. Um, basically I've been looking through the Imperial ranked missions, looking for things that give me high reputation. Because that's what you need to go and get your stuff done. and But it, it's a hell of a grind, it really is. Um, mm. But I'm, I'm one away from the nice, shiny, giant space sausage. Brilliant. Um, I've also been helping the Hutton Truckers out. Because the Hutton Truckers are basically this close. I mean, you could see my fingers, they'd be this close. Uh, to getting a large base at last. Yeah, that's, that's, some, that's some great audio, Ben. It's, it's, it's some awesome. If you imagine my fingers are actually <laughs> inside of each other, that's how close they are. 
but that's basically what I'm doing this evening. So I'm not going to be around Lave Station. I'm actually in George's <laughs> pants trying to do missions for Hutton Truckers, just pushing them over that line, letting them get their... letting them eventually get their large pad. And there's more! I've even more news! I've, I've, I've had such a busy week. Um, so, on top of all these things in Elite, um, I also got a Google Cardboard headset for my Galaxy Note. And with Mr. Ford's help here, I went off and set up Trinius and things like that. So over the weekend, I was having lots of fun with my my phone and inside of Elite. And yeah, it's it's not as, it's about. I would agree with Colin. I'd say it's about as good as a DK one. Um, I was surprised at how square the screen was. Um, if that, yeah. If, 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 if like you know, your your angle is kind of, I'd say it was what's that viewing angle? Maybe about one hundred and sixty, one hundred and seventy degrees. Yeah. Um, and this looks very much like a square floating in front of you, but it still looks pretty darn good. Mm. Yeah. The, the main issue is that um, unfortunately they've not set up the side by side view to put it in eight by nine proportion, which is what you need for your eyes. Now, that's something that Oculus and Vive do automatically. But if you want to get it looking properly, you need to use these um, FX uh, video drivers, which will alter them. Yes, those things. Uh, And uh, I'm afraid to say, I haven't managed to get them to work yet. Um, no, I, I haven't managed to get them to work. <laughs> but they they have been... I have seen other people use them, so uh, I do know that it's uh, it's possible. It's just I think my graphics card needs a little bit of an upgrade before I am going to be able to use it properly. Um, so, yeah, I've been doing that, and I've also been trying other things out with the Google Cardboard, like the virtual cinema, uh, which I have to admit isn't actually as much fun as you'd think, because it's like, okay, I'm sitting here and I actually have to look in this direction despite wearing a screen on my face. <laughs> Which, it's an interesting idea, but for some reason, it decided that the angle it wanted me to view at the, at the cinema was down around about my feet. Which wasn't so good, and there was no way to reset where forwards is, which was kind of upsetting. Um, but you can change it so that instead of it being a virtual cinema, it's basically a giant floating screen in front of you. And I've also tried a few other VR games, including a horror one that Colin recommended, which I made it all the way through, Colin. So, well, uh, you're a braver man than me. Uh, yeah, it, it got very dark, and I did this just before bed, which is probably a mistake. But I did make it all the way through. So it only lasts about five minutes, to be honest. Uh, but that was a lot of fun. Um I've failed at making Minecraft working, Minecraft Pocket Edition, sorry, working with a gamepad on my phone. Um, it, I can get it working, but it just it doesn't quite work right, I guess I would say. Um, there's just things on it that it doesn't feel right. Maybe it just needs more tweaking, I'm not quite sure. And on top of that, <laughs> I, I, I eventually got round to trying to make my PC read a Mac OS X disk. So in other words, I had to make it read a HFS Plus disk. And I went off and rescued a whole load of data from 2002 through to 2012. 
which had lots of photos and music and stuff like that that I haven't listened to or seen in about six years. So that was nice. Has that bought enough time, Grant? <laughs> Have we fixed Colin yet? I'm not sure Colin's coming through on Twitch, uh, actually, still. No, so... it's, 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 I can't really see what's going on there, but yeah, shame. <laughs> I'm, as, I'm, as, I'm assuming that what's happening with Colin is that his Skype output is going to Twitch, but his own microphone isn't. Yes. That's all, that's yes. all I can assume. Which may well be just one of these things where the Windows is allowing exclusive control and um, Skype has it. Uh, okay. Doesn't OBS have its own separate, this is my physical microphone and this is what I'm also listening to? Yes, it does. No, audio drivers don't work that way. Well, anyway, you have a think about that. I'll ask Grant how your week has been. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's been a, well, pretty much a spectacular week, really, actually, with a... Uh, I think since last Tuesday we have done three shopping trips with my wife, which sounds like nothing, but the fact that she's been trapped and stuck in her bed for eight years uh, kind of shows the momentous uh, nature of this yeah. news, and it's been spectacular. I mean, it's really... Uh, it's cost I was going to say, cause three, uh, yeah, say cause three shopping trips with my wife. My wife sounds terrible. Uh, I, think, well, <laughs> I appreciate it. A momentous thing for you. Yeah, well, we were, we were going round the, the local Asda, and I think I put out a tweet that was, you know, it's been eight years since a shopping trip with my wife, and sadly, it's still not long enough. <laughs> Some shopping <laughs> that is just horrific at the best of times. And when, you know, she but she enjoyed picking clothes herself and then looking at food and going off. And so she found it overwhelming. Uh, and, you know, there's confidence issues to be built up and stuff. But we'll get there. Um, Monday we went to game and she was picking up some DS stuff and things that she wanted. Oh, and, nice. Uh, so that was, oh, that was huge. And mostly amiibos uh, for the. Oh, yeah. Happy Home Designer, which she loves. So, good, yeah, good. that was good. And then she was having a look at some shoes and stuff, which we, everyone, you know, you just take these things as being boring and mundane. But if you haven't been able to do it and someone else has been buying shoes for you, it's uh, something special to be able to sit there and just look at them. But I say she finds it a little bit overwhelming at the moment, but we're getting there. Can imagine. Um, so yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun, and the HTC Vive arrived today, and I think I've wasted about four hours trying to get the bugger to run. And <laughs> I am having to sort of admit defeat and come back to look at it another day because yeah, frustrations are going high. So you know, you get these wonderful base units, and it all sees the harness. Everything's great. So you get all these green lights, and it says it can't see the headset. You're like, going, what's going on with the headset then? So you piss about, you piss about, you piss about, and then still doesn't work. So you put it into direct mode because you wanted to see desktop shop on it, and nothing shows up on it. So then you look at the next thing in troubleshooting, and you go and check the cables. You check the cables. Oh, the desktop showing. Excellent. We're now looking like we're cooking with gas. We've got a display. Here we go. Right. No, it says it still can't see the headset because it's in it's not in direct mode anymore. Right, well let's put it back into direct mode. Oh, it won't go back into direct mode. Why won't it go back into direct mode? I've no idea. Reinstall the NVIDIA drivers and suddenly I can put it back into direct mode. It works for all of five seconds but won't go past the initial room setup issue, which is the thing that's been dogging it all along. Uh, and uh, yeah, rinse and repeat and background again, reinstall drivers, boom, you get a little bit further forward, and you're two steps back and then you reboot and boom, you're back to can't see the headset and you just think, you know what, this is going to the window in a minute, it's just going to go out the window. Ah, if it's going out the window, throw it in this direction. 
It's a swing yeah. round. It's just, I suspect that the problem is the drivers haven't gone in properly uh, at some point, and all the other messing about has caused that to become messed up. So it's going to be a case of delete drivers, do a clean install of that, and then plug it into a different USB port. So fingers crossed, tomorrow the Vive will be up and running. The actual receiving base units are working great, I can see them, but yeah, this the, the headset is giving me grief. It's a shame. It's annoying when these things don't go to plan. Yeah, yeah. But I'm sure you... Because you had other things to do today, didn't you? So you probably haven't had the the best amount of time to look at it. Yeah, there's been loads of interruptions that have really caused me to swear under my breath. (laughs) (laughs) And then the kittens decide that they want to sort of get in the way and see what I'm doing. It's like, oh, goodness, don't sit that keyboard. No, you've just closed it again. So, yeah, it's been fun and games, but, you know relaxing time now so I'm just going to nip off and cook Susie's tea and then I'll be back so uh, yeah enjoy your um, discussion I'll join you in a minute yeah come yeah, come, come back soon <laughs> so yeah um, in terms of me so I've been doing I haven't been on the show for quite a few weeks I don't think um, so I think there's probably been quite a lot that's been happening um, in, in exciting news um, I bought my first second hand droid uh, there were some suspicious looking Jawas on on Facebook, um, and we picked up one of those little floor vacuum cleaners for uh, for about thirty quid. So I've been. It's funny because it's one of these things you buy, kind of thinking, oh yeah, that's great. I can set this thing going, and it'll vacuum the room while I go off and do something else. But actually, watching this thing go around the room is so fascinating. I think most of the time I've just stood there and watched it instead of going and getting on with something else, which isn't the best use of my time. Um, in terms of, I think someone in Twitch earlier was asking for an Escape Velocity update. So I do have uh, audio drama news updates for people. Um, I am basically full-on in recording mode. Uh, so there was, a, there was a wonderful idea I had back when Escape Velocity was coming back and we were doing the stuff for Chaos Reborn. Um, I had this idea that what would be really great is if I wrote one audio drama and then while that one was recording... I wrote the other audio drama, and everything would mesh together nicely. And that is not what's happened. What's happened is I've ended up having to write everything at once, and now I'm having to record everything at once, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to end up doing all the post-production and stuff at once. But, nevertheless, uh, I have today finished recording the sort of principal recording for Chaos Reborn. So that's the main actors that are coming in that have done the bulk of the parts. So I've still got um, some Kickstarter backers who've got cameos and a couple of other little parts to fill in, but that is mostly recorded. Um, Escape Velocity Velocity has a cast of uh, crazy numbers of people. Um, And what I think I obviously decided to do, without giving away any spoilers, I must have in the back of my head decided to go quite big for episode one because episode one of escape velocity series three seems to have this huge cast of characters so episode one's been a bit of a choke point where i've had to kind of get loads of people in uh, to do stuff but actually we are well within sight of episode one being ready to actually be edited together and, and go out so uh, i don't have a date for you tonight but there will be a date very soon uh, about escape velocity starting and it will not be as far away as you think uh, but I do have some practical stuff to work out, and there is a chance, there is a tragic, tragic chance um, that I may have to have an American-style mid-season break. Even though it's only six episodes, <laughs> um, there might have to be a mid-season break, uh, just simply because I've got holiday, and I don't think I can get the whole series in before holiday. So it might be just a case of breaking it up uh, a little bit uh, over the summer, but... 
Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's basically where we are. Uh, I'm trying to think what else I've been doing. I've been doing kinds of interesting stuff. Working on a new show for Lave Radio. We are, we are looking at something uh, which could be very interesting. Uh, but, um, yeah, we're sort of looking at guests and looking at format. And it'll be a nice kind of interview show, talking about some games, doing some different stuff. Uh, and that'll be, that'll be good. Does anyone else think I should have any news that I should be sharing that I haven't covered? Because people are always asking me things. No, Chaos Reborn stuff? No, I think I covered that. I think I covered Chaos Reborn stuff. Um, except to say, for those people who are interested in the, the game, there have been loads. I played it the other day. I played a match the other night. And I was overwhelmed by the number of new spells. I had no idea what I was doing. Because people were using creatures against me that I'd never seen before. Hmm, know that feeling. So that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Um... Yes, so I would say we are moving on to uh, tonight's network, tonight's Lady Radio Network activity and game. I'm going to go out on a limb, and I'm going to say that because of 2.1 being so impending, I think we're just we're slightly holding off, aren't we, on Lady Radio Network grinding just at the minute? Because 2.1 is bound to completely change everything, isn't it? Yes, it will. There, there, there is so much new stuff stuff coming in in, in 2.1 it's <laughs> it's going to be uh well we've, we've said it every single time we've seen the new mods that come in it's going to be game changes so well, i'm looking forward to it surprisingly enough <laughs> um cool so, in a, in a convenient link, development news. Now, there has been, as we have said, a wealth of development news uh, about the Engineers Beta 2.1. Uh, I believe, I'm just, you know, just going to blow the news, because um, I think they have committed to the 7th of March as being the date. Is that what they said? No. 7th of March? No, Thursday wow. 5th, sorry. <laughs> wow, the Thursday 7th March, of March. I mean, mate, so it's your TARDIS on the blink again. My TARDIS is on the blink. Thursday 5th of May. Um, but as we all know... Thursday, 5th of May, probably means anywhere between 6 and 8 p.m., and depending on download time, you're probably looking at playing it on Friday. Well, yeah, that's, that's what um, was whispered under the breath of, the, of uh, Mr. Lewis, as he uh, said, no, best, best bet is, is, is Friday. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, I think we've, we've had enough beta releases now um, that everybody should have learned that lesson. Um, but if you haven't been with us for a beta before or a, or a major release um, day before, yeah, just, just the day after. Don't try and don't take the day of the actual release off work because that can be a disappointing and frustrating experience. Um, but yeah, there is, there, there is so much stuff in here. I'm going to kind of, I want to go back a bit and talk about something, uh, that I picked up on the, the Countdown to Engineers part two, which was a few days ago. They've got these new voices in, when you come into dock at stations, people talk to you. Yes. Absolutely. Now I'm obviously really annoyed because obviously having kind of mostly recorded and committed to Escape Velocity stuff, they've now changed the audio landscape again. But that's fine. Escape Velocity is currently set 60-odd years before <laughs> Elite Dangerous, so I'm not concerned about that. But that's quite nice. I think, you know, watching the video, I don't know what you guys thought, but I thought it was quite nice having uh, odd little voices talk you in and out. Ben, do you want to take this one? I loved it, and I loved the fact that even more they said there are a lot of options and apparently you can turn a lot of different things off and on. Yeah. 
because I could see, yes, it's awesome the first few times, but it might get boring. Um, one thing that I didn't like so much about it was that it was saying you're cleared to land or you're cleared to take off once you've actually escaped the, once you've actually taken off. So it felt like yeah. he was telling you this after you'd already done it. Yeah, that, that um, and I, I noticed that on a couple of a couple of the triggers, they just felt they were telling you these things too late. Yeah, so and it was normal, well. normal day docking at Barnard Star then. <laughs> and they, and they, the, the other thing that struck me about it as well because the guy says, "Oh, you know, please." please watch your speed when leaving the station. And the, the the dev who was recording the video sped up to like something like over 200 before he'd even left the docking window. And I was kind of expecting something to say, you're going really fast, slow down. And that didn't happen. I know, bloody boy so, racers, eh? I know, I know, it's dreadful. Colin, what's, what's your take on the, on the voices? Um, I do like them. Um, it just gives that little bit of extra flavour into, uh, into the game when it's... Um, when we, it's just been so silent so far, um, I think I think it's uh, it adds to atmosphere, and that is always a good thing. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how it works because I think one you know one of the reasons that Frontier has always um, said they were straying away from lots of audio sort of spoken content in game, other than obviously the Verity stuff and the, the, the sort of PA announcements in the stations. Um, Oh, I just remember my news. Um, the um, there is that problem of obviously only being able to record a finite. You know, it's not voices are very hard to procedurally generate. So they're using recordings of actual people, which means that for all these tens of thousands of stations throughout the the, the occupied space, there aren't going to be like ten thousand different voices. So it's a case of how repetitive that becomes, and I know they have sort of they've said they have sort of imperial voices and federal voices and alliance voices and that sort of thing. But it'll be interesting to see if the if there's any repetitive stuff that actually becomes annoying. So I used to play um, Colony Wars Vengeance on the PlayStation. This is going back a bit, and there was this. I think what they'd basically done on Colony Wars Vengeance is. Um, they'd hired a male and a female voice actor and they'd got them to do all the different voices and just in loads of different accents, which I'm not going to judge them for because believe you me, (laughs) I've had to do that myself. Um, But I remember there was this one line that triggered at certain points in the same battle over and over again. And it was a battle I kept losing and going back into. And it was this thing of enemy pilot, prepare for your own destruction. And that was the line, and it just did it kind of over and over again. And I seem to remember it nearly uh, ended my first relationship. Well, ended my first relationship earlier than than it actually ended. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so anyway, I, sorry, I, well, let's, let's wind back. I remembered my other news, and Verity's been in to record her lines for Escape Velocity. Cool. There you go. That was that was the big thing. So we've been recording, uh, obviously, for Escape Velocity. Maybe the ship computers and other computers talk a little bit more than they do in game. Obviously, in an audio drama, we have to replace a lot of the text cues with actual speaking cues, so that our computer has a little bit more dialogue. Yeah, Verity came up uh, and recorded lots of ship dialogue, lots of sort of space station terminal dialogue, and a couple of other characters that are quite nice. And yeah, looking forward to hearing that. It sounded it was a really good session and really fun, really fun and great to meet Verity and talk Elite Dangerous and kind of find out a little bit more about her and all those sorts of things. So yeah, very interesting, um, very interesting. 
Um, particularly funny as well because she's not she doesn't really consider herself a gamer <laughs> she's obviously you know a partner of a gamer uh, and and sort of understands the insanity um but not necessarily a gamer herself so it was really interesting really interesting day getting to meet her anything else from that engineers part two that we want to pick up while we're covering it that's the only thing that's as far as i got with it so i don't know what else was in that particular one well, most of it actually we covered in uh, uh, last week. We went and iterated it. There was the usual little videos which you can download in, on YouTube or you can mm. see on YouTube uh, showing the different weapon effects that will be made available to you. And some of them looks extremely worrying for people who play PvP and uh, for anybody who wants to escape a pirate. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know whether to come on to this, this being my concern. Do you know what? I'm going to voice my concern now because I didn't see all of today's stream. So I'm really hoping that I'm wrong and I came into it too late. But one of the videos they showed in uh, Countdown to Engineers Part 3 is these different weapons for basically destroying your shift drive. So they showed a Type 9. They showed it getting hit by a missile that massively slowed down its frameshift drive charge. Then they showed them dropping a mine in front of a Type 9, which basically disabled its frameshift drive for about 10, 15 seconds. Yep. Now, the thought that occurred to me is, what Elite Dangerous does not need is more tools for pirates to use against traders. My, my first thought was, at the moment, the game is completely unbalanced in PvP, because if you get interdicted by a pirate and you are a trader, you lose. There is no win scenario for a trader once they get interdicted. That's my view on, on, on PvP and playing in open. So my, my big hope for 2.1, the thing, one of the things I really wanted to see was something in there for traders that would tip the balance and make the fight between pirates and traders a little bit more even. And I'm very worried that the only thing I have seen is more weapons for pirates to bring to traders. As, as far as I'm concerned, this is like, this is death for traders playing in open. This is, you had one chance and that was to run away. We are denying you the chance to run away. What do you guys think on that, Ben? Yes, you're right in some respects. No, you're wrong in others. Um, <laughs> so, yes. I hope so. Yes, there are weapons, and weapons have special effects on them, like, I think this is a mine that you can drop, which will basically turn off your frameshift drive and cause it to reboot, for example. But other things that... The, there, every module, basically, in-game will have... Of variety of upgrades. So, for example, frameshift drive, you might be able to get a frameshift drive that maybe weighs a little bit more, so that's going to have an increased jump range, an, incre an increased weight of your ship, so a decreased jump range, but it maybe it charges up faster, so instead of taking 10 seconds to charge up, it only takes 3 seconds to charge up. Right. Um, so there, there will be things like that helping traders out as well. Well, actually, one of the things that will help traders out is the mines that you are referring to, because um, it's very difficult for an attacker to get in front of you if you're, if you're running away. So the chances are, if you want someone to stop coming after you in, into, um, into frame shift, then effectively you drop one of these mines behind you. Nine times out of ten, when I've dropped mines, people don't notice them. They go right over them. And before you know it, 
their frame shift will be disabled for 20 seconds, giving you 20 seconds of extra time to get out of there. I'm not sure how disabling a pursuer's frame shift will give you 20 seconds to get out of there, but disabling their thrusters would. Well, weapons, yeah. Uh, actually, that was another one that they they alluded to, wasn't it? Yes. That they said there was something that I didn't quite catch what exactly the what exactly happened, but there was something that if if you're hit by it, it basically turns off your flight assist and maybe your thrusters and sends you into spinny doom for about ten seconds. Yeah, that was one of the missiles, wasn't it? It was. I can't remember what it was. It was something, and it was. It was just kind of skirted over. I felt that a bit, um, but mm. I was. I was busy scribbling up notes left, right, and center as they were talking about it. But it still. It still essentially revolves around traders being armed. Yeah, I mean, yeah. One of the, one of the problems I've had in, in PvP lately is well, not PvP, but in open is when I do get interdicted, and say I manage to get away. I've got about I don't know. Five ten seconds of grace time before they're back in frame shift and they're after me again. I mean that that difference in in time for me would probably be enough to get me out of range for when they come back into into frame shift. Oh, I've actually been experiencing a fair amount of interdictions with my imperial ranking up. That I, I might, as I said, I've been doing a bunch of smuggling, so I've been being a bit of a naughty boy and getting when I do get caught, getting very very large bounties on my head. Um, but I've also been being interdicted left, right, and centre to the extent that I'm actually shooting police ships deliberately to stop them from scanning me, causing me to fail the mission, because I'd rather have, say, a 5,000 credit bounty on my head than failing a mission plus get, plus basically losing out on, like, half a million credits worth of credit, of money. Um, but... I have noticed that if you manage to evade the interdiction, I that person's never come back to get me again. So it seems like once I if I successfully evade it, then they obviously get pulled down into normal and spin around for a bunch of time. And and while they're doing that, I'm obviously escaping. So that's a good that's a good thing and I guess what you were saying about destroying their frame shift drive for a few seconds whilst you run away, that probably would do the same kind of behaviour, I guess, Colin. Yeah, it it it's. I mean, all these effect, we we don't have all the information about these these countermeasures so far, or these new additions. So you never know. There might be something in there that that does rebalance it from the traders. We just haven't seen it yet. They have said there is something like fifty four different oh different blueprints. And each of them has got five different ranks of blueprint, so there's so much that we don't know what we can get. Yeah, roll on Thursday. Well, roll on, there's a, we're getting into stuff for next week, so no, next. Um, are we still talking about Newsletter 2? No, Update 2, whatever it was. Well, we're kind of actually talking all the way around about it. We kind of are, aren't we? Yeah, but if there's anything specifically in update two, it'd be nice to cover stuff in in order. But enough, don't repeat yourselves from last week. Uh, I can't, did we go into missions much last on last week, Colin? I can't remember. Oh yeah, we did. Yeah, okay, we, uh, I forgot. I dis- we we discussed a lot of the the changes that are coming. Then the much needed changes, in my opinion. Yes, <laughs> especially lately after doing mission after mission um, that are needed for uh, both one point six and two point one. So, you know, it's... Um, I, th- I think we, we, we did it a bit to death last week. <laughs> yeah, 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 let's go, you know. Let's go on to 
on to today's stream, shall we then? Which had yeah. loads of fantastic stuff in it. I have to say, just from having been someone that's made lots of jokes about it, I am glad to see uh, that these engineers all have very healthy-looking heads of hair. It was looking for a long time we were just going to get bald engineers, uh, which I don't, I don't have a problem with some bald engineers, uh, but it was looking like maybe... Um, being bald was a prerequisite for the job. Now we've seen that the new character builder supports multiple haircuts. I'm excited about that. Yep. Um, no monocles, though. <laughs> no monocles. <laughs> Sorry, that's monocles an Eve joke for everybody who's not there. Okay, fine, fine. Um, although I should say that I'm not going to be giving Commander Thane cornrows anytime soon. Um, no, but you, you've got space there for a curlic, haven't you? Yeah, 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 absolutely. So, uh, yeah, there's just, we, you know, we are not going to be able to cover everything from the uh, Engineers Part 3 because it was, even the little bit I saw of it was pretty epic. So there's something I want to pick up on. They said that um, there are different materials from different places. Now, one of you guys has written down a note here that says scanning awakes might give you stuff. Are you saying that you can pick up materials from a wake that's been left behind? There is such a thing as a data material. Okay. Don't know exactly what that is or anything, but we've got 300 normal material slots and 100 data material slots at the moment. Okay. And different materials have got context. So the example that they gave with that was scanning awake might give you a frameshift drivey type thing, or looking at somebody's shields might give you shielded stuff. Right. How this boils out, we'll have to see soon, DM. And obviously, shieldy stuff is a technical term. Yeah, quite. That's. I'm sure that's what it will be in the manual. <laughs> um, so yeah, but so maybe the data items are similar to what they've done already with the beacons on planetary landings. Something like that, I'd imagine. Yes. Mm, okay. And interesting as well that they've got. Uh, you've you've made a note in here that you'll be able to trade commodities between players. Is that right? I don't know. Did you pick up any more information than that, Colin? No, I didn't. It, it seemed to be. It, it was pretty vague that one. Um, yeah. I don't know whether or not they could say you could swap materials, but not actual cargo items. Possibly. It, 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 didn't, it didn't seem but, to come across. That was the one bit which I was there going, is that what they really mean? But didn't Ed also come off and say, maybe you'll be able to do it for credits or something? I'm sure somebody made, like, you, you, I can give you some materials, but then Ed said something like, oh, they, and they could give you something in return. Well, yeah, I mean, it could be a case where we... I know that in some cases people uh, trade at the moment by dropping platinum or yep. um, high-value materials uh, in order to say, right, okay, thanks for you, thanks for that, or I've got a hundred tons of uh, tantalum. If you can get rid of this commander, uh, I know that that kind of trading goes on, but um, I don't think we've actually had anything yet which says that a player can then sell stuff to another player. Nothing yet, so... No, uh, but I am, a bit I am a bit concerned about if they do go down that path, because, you know, that does open up the doors to um, <laughs> the good old gold farmers and things Sod like that. Sod the gold farmers. I've been begging for this feature since beta. <laughs> <laughs> I've been watching uh, Realms of Fighting. There's a chance with the gold farmer that you could strike up a romance. Yeah. Okay. I'm obviously the only person who's been watching Realms of Fighting. It's a very funny series on YouTube. Go and check it out. Um, what else have we got? Uh, so they're looking here. They're going to nerf Silent Running. That's was this a thing that needed nerfing? Actually, uh, it was. And I, I didn't know about this un until just recently. Um, if you do a silent build of, say, a Ferdelance with four railguns, 
and you, you're able to sneak about quite nicely, you are blasted deadly because you get that first shot in, especially on somebody who's not, who doesn't know you're there, and oh wow, that it just blows. You could have an A-rated anaconda, and you take, you, you just you have to take your lumps, and there's nothing you can do to fire back. But is it not balanced by the fact that obviously the railgun would massively overheat you, and when you are finally revealed, you have no built-up shields? Well, to be honest, by then it's too late. It, okay. only, takes, it only takes a couple of shots, and uh, well, pop goes the weasel. Fair enough. Especially if they've targeted your your uh, power plant and good enough to hit it, because you know that that's it. Yeah, yeah. No, it's just interesting because I mean I've been using silent running for obviously a, a smuggling build on an ASP. And because I have got an A-rated power generator, but mostly low-rated other stuff, when I go to silent running, I, I you know I drop down to about twenty percent temperature, and I can actually fly around for quite a long time before I actually am concerned about overheating. But that's because the rest of the modules that I'm running during silent running don't actually use a lot of power. But I don't mm. see how you can. I think I suppose I'm agreeing with them. I think that you know you should if you're if you're running in silent running, things like weapons and stuff shouldn't really work. I'd actually, to be honest, I would like to see because um, I get a bit fed up when I'm smuggling um, with the fact that I have to manually go into the module screen and turn off all the same things that I always turn off in order to run silent. And then when I finish smuggling, I have to turn them all back on. What I'd actually quite like is for silent running to actually be to actually specifically automatically turn off certain modules so if you're running silent you shouldn't have any weapons yeah well at the at the moment what they're saying is in order to counter this um if you have weapons and you are fire uh, and you are in silent running that heat that comes from your weapons will had uh, they've they've gone and upped it by three or four times and that will seriously damage your ship and then on top of that and i'm not quite sure whether i like this one but we'll, we'll wait and see how it pans out they're kind of nerfing the heat sink instead of having three you probably only have two okay so so right so if they only increase the amount of heat that weapons generate in silent running because actually if it's just heat in general that will affect everybody no, it is heat in silent running. Um, the theory behind this is because you've got your vents closed, uh, well, the, the heat that would be used normally uh, when your vents are open, i.e. running normally, um, you don't need to worry about that. But as okay. soon as you put your vents closed, that heat's got to go somewhere, and that's got to go inside your ship. So yeah. um, the big thermal weapons that everybody loves using, well, they're going to really cause you a nasty bit of heat damage unless you've got a heat sink prepared. And yeah. heat sinks are a lot more scarce. Okay. So it's not just going to be a standard restock item? Oh, no, no. Um, like I said, um, you, the number of heat sinks in your magazine has been reduced from three to two. Oh, I see what you're saying, right. So, you know, if you're in a combat situation and you want to stay stealthy, then um, you're not going to have the same amount of opportunity to keep cool. Okay. Okay, so that's interesting. So something else that I'm interested in that I've sort of half picked up on, I have to say I didn't pick up on it from the, the bits of the stream that I saw, but I, I've seen lots of concern in the chat during their stream, and I'm seeing lots of concern in our own Twitch chat here. There's lots of talk about RNG. So what are these, 
What are these random elements that they're now adding to Elite Dangerous and what do they mean for us? So basically, when we're visiting our engineer friends yep. and they are making weapon modifications or whatever for us, then let's, let's pretend I'm going to make myself my ultimate thermal laser of doom. Yep. Now, that's maybe going to do a bunch more damage, and it's also going to, but it's also maybe going to weigh a bit more and use a bit more power. Yeah, I get so that. we're we're playing with three variables there. I'm pretending here, obviously. Yeah. Now, let's let's pretend that for the thermal laser of doom, it maybe increases the damage dealt by somewhere between seventy and ninety percent extra damage. That's the RNG. So it's always going to do seventy. It's always going to do at least seventy, but no more than ninety percent extra damage. So somewhere in that range, you're going to get stuff. Same is going to weigh. Maybe an extra 20%, but that could be you know, 20% plus or minus 5%. And power draw could be an extra 30% plus or minus 10%, say. So it's RNG, but it is gated RNG. It's, it's very limited. It's very controlled. It's, it's within a range, so you yeah. will get a certain benefit. Yeah. It's, not like you'll, it's not like you might just randomly fail to craft the item. No, it's not going to be like that at all. It's good. You are going to get the item, but your item might be twice as good, or it might only be one and a half times as good. Okay. And did they say before we um, <laughs> before we take apart whether or not this is a good way of going about crafting? Um, what What did they say? What's Frontier's sort of logic behind it? What are they wanting to bring to the table with these random additional factors? Well, the basic idea is that engineering is a as much of a black art as a science. That's the law reason of it. But basically, I think I got the feeling that Sandy's basically saying theory crafting isn't dead, for example, because everything's within ranges. I think basically Sandy just seemed to think it was a good idea. <laughs> I can't okay. think of it. Sandy actually said any reasons apart from can you remember <laughs> saying anything else other than that, Colin? Oh, we might have lost Colin. Um, I think, yeah, I mean, I, I can kind of see where it's going because there's an element, you know, when you, if you look at something like, like Borderlands is a really good example. Okay, so Borderlands, they wanted to have this idea of um, every weapon being unique. So there's a few games that do this. So Pokemon has the concept of every Pokemon being unique. So there is a number of different... Um, there's a number of different variables that affect the, the potential of that particular Pokemon. Uh, and then again, in Borderlands, you have all kinds of different weapons and they can have different you know, damage rates and firing rates and all these variables kind of get tweaked in order to create a game where every weapon you come across is in some way a unique weapon. But I think... I'm going to be really interested to see how this works in beta because the thing about Pokemon and the thing about Borderlands is Borderlands throws a new gun at you like every 10 seconds. You know, you end up, if you go out on a raid in Borderlands, you end up with pockets full of guns that at the end of the raid you just have to sort through and work out which are the decent guns and which are the rubbish guns. Are you with me? Yeah, I'm with you. Although I don't know about you, but I basically bin over 95% of the guns I get. You do, you do, they're all rubbish. And then every now and again, you come across a gun. When I played Borderlands, I came across this one particular pistol, which had a scope, 
and it had a lightning, it had a three, a three star or a three lightning bolt lightning effect, whatever the thing was. And it was basically, I picked it up, this gun up at about level five. And even when I got to like level 13 or whatever it was, that gun was still in my was still one of my go-to weapons because it was just so well crafted that I couldn't live without that sidearm. It was just it was brilliant. It was a pistol you could snipe with, basically. I totally know what you mean there. I mean that's one yeah. of my bugbears with Borderlands is you know, if I get this pistol that I love <laughs> Yeah. I want to be able to use this at level thirteen if that's where I pick it up at. But also at level 25, I want to basically... I'd like to have been able to take it to a crafting station or something and say, please make this weapon level appropriate, because I love it! Yeah, absolutely. And so in the same way with Pokemon, with Pokemon it doesn't necessarily matter if you're getting random Pokemon, because you can catch... You know, you can catch 30 Pokemon in an hour and you can chuck out the ones that don't have good stats. And then once you get into the whole kind of egg breeding thing, you can then breed your own Pokemon and you can kind of control the stats. But I think that's where I'm coming down to this in Elite is if you crafting an item in Elite is a, a rare activity... So it's not like something like, uh, I don't know, pulling a game out of the air, Star Wars Galaxies, where you would, you know, uh, which I, where I believe people would craft loads and loads of the same items in order to get their crafting skill up or in order to create better items in elite it sounds like crafting a thing with an engineer is going to be a special occurrence so why would you undermine that experience by then letting someone when they have finally crafted this one item actually diminish its stats to be honest i don't actually think it will i think that getting that relationship with the engineer is going to be a story in its own right. But Mm. then, once you've got that relationship with the engineer, you can keep going back to him and say, I want a gun. I want a gun. Or another gun. You have to bring in the materials. Well, you have to bring in the materials, but also, and this is something where I want to have a look at in the beta, when he's crafted a gun, I noticed you could either take the modification or you could reject it. And I don't know if we reject it if we get all of the modific all of our materials back again, or what what exactly happens. Yeah, because I understand where it's coming from, and, and what I, what my hope is for this random this this randomization is that, say, for the sake of argument, each particular stat on the weapon had its own potential that actually you know, had a certain number of points, that every weapon that is crafted effectively has the same number of points of stats, but maybe their distribution is slightly different. So you might get a gun, you might create something that, a gun that maybe does slightly less damage, but actually the rate of fire has gone in the other direction. It might work like that, but I don't know at the moment, unfortunately. Because it would be a shame to have a situation where you're creating a weapon that is categorically less good than another weapon. Yes, I I would agree there. Because with Pokemon, with the egg breeding stuff, what the players worked out how to do is how to get rid of... There's a whole science in Pokemon around getting rid of the random outcomes in Pokemon stats. You can engineer a nearly flawless Pokemon because people have found ways around the RNG. And my concern is that this is something that's in the future for Elite Dangerous, that people will get so fed up with the, the hidden behind-the-scenes stats you know, that go into crafting these weapons that people will be trying to find a way of negating it and actually being sure that they can craft flawless engineer items every time. It's possible. I mean, that's certainly one of the questions that I think it was Penfold who asked was saying, can we influence the random chance 
So, for mm. example, if I give you ten widgets instead of seven, will that promise to make me a better a better thing? And it's something that they're thinking about, but it's not currently implemented like that. Yeah, yeah. It's really interesting. So, someone's saying about if you if you change the rate of fire on the guns, uh, acceleratio is saying I fear my guns being out of sync because I'm terribly OCD. <laughs> It'd be really, really annoying if you had uh, four cannons and fired <laughs> slightly different. Oh, rates. that would do my head in. It's something I yeah. don't know. Actually, I, mean, I, I hope, and I really don't know, but I hope that if I get my ultimate laser cannon of doom, and I've got the stats the way I want it. I, I desperately hope I can apply it to four of my weapons or whatever. Mm. And it's not just a one-off thing, but, again, yeah. we don't know. I think what I'd like to see in this, I appreciate what they're trying to do, but I, I, in some respects, I think the the consistency of the crafting should actually be tied to your relationship with the engineer. So if an engineer doesn't know you that well, maybe doesn't make all that much effort, and you can end up with a bit of a wonky lemon of a gun. But actually, if you've got a really high rep with an engineer, they do their very best work. And the stuff you get is very consistent. It's kind of like that already in that if you've got a, a lower reputation with an engineer, then you only get access to the phase one modifications, whereas yeah. you've got a yeah. very good one, then it's the, the rank five ones. But I, I, I think that the, shall we say, the effort that they put in is the same throughout Mm. I mean, we are ultimately doing our Lave Radio wild speculation thing until we've actually played the beta. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, Grand Solo is suggesting um, that they're creating, with the RNG, is to create a money sink so that people will do these items over and over again in order to get better ones. And then, you know, that will take some of the money out of the game. It's an interesting interesting point. It'll be interesting to see if it works that way. To be honest, I think, I actually think that's kind of badly needed at the moment. Um... <laughs> not to me, it's not. Everyone, everyone laughs when they see my credit balance on Twitch. Um, no, I think. Yeah, I'm doing. If I, it's it's not hard to be doing missions that get you one and a half million credits for under an hour's work, um, and you can stack them up. I mean, that, that's this whole thing that people have been doing with the Rubago missions and things. Um, that some of our listeners deliberately go off and shoot people who have been going to Rubego and then stacking missions very obviously because they, yeah. they they see it it's, it's abusing the system a little bit, shall we say. Mm, yeah. um, but by abusing the system, you are able to make mint. Mm. Oh, speaking of stacking missions, I came across a good tip on the Hutton uh, Orbital Radio group this evening mm-hmm. which i've not seen before apparently if you find a really good mission and you accept it and then you invite a bunch of players to your instance by winging up with them or whatever they will all see on the bulletin board the same mission you've just accepted so okay. if you're quick you can pull loads and loads of players into your instance and they can all get the same awesome mission that you've just found so oh, that's, 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 a, that's a handy one to know yeah yeah, I did say I don't know whether that'll disappear in 2.1, because who knows what they've changed with missions. Um, my hope is almost everything. Um, to be honest, I think the answer is almost everything's been changed yeah. in 2.1. Absolutely. Um, and hopefully for the best, but... Uh, no, no, totally. <laughs> we shall see. Um, yeah, yeah, quite. But yeah, it's interesting, you know, 
we we have we've had huge discussions not necessarily on this podcast but when we've been talking about chaos reborn lots and lots of discussions about the impact of randomness in games <laughs> and whether that is a good or a bad thing uh, anyone playing XCOM 2 in any level of detail will appreciate how much fun uh, I, I had I had sorry just as, as, as I, I had in XCOM 2 an entire squad of soldiers all on Overwatch with targets in their sights at over 85% every last one of them missed every last one That's and I sat, hurt. I sat and chuckled as they all died because frankly they deserved it um, <laughs> but I am playing on I, I am playing on Iron Man mode, so it has ruined my game. But anyway, that's by the by. Um, so yeah, the um, <clears throat> there's something here about an, in, an engineer who is into explorers. Now I, I, I didn't see this bit. I've, I'm only going by what's in our notes. Uh, so how does that how does that manifest? What's this this engineer who's interested in long range travel? Okay, so. Uh, all the engineers have got their own little thing, shall we say. Yep. Um, and engineers unlock, I guess you could say, for doing different things. So yeah. one, of, one of them, for example, that was in the newsletter last week, you know, he was really into his CQC championship and things like that. He was flying in a modified ship that he'd heavily pimped out, and now he's turned engineer. Right. Now, there's another one who liked doing his ex- explorey stuff. Yeah. And basically, to help out any other explorers, anyone who has gone a certain distance out of the bubble, don't know what that distance is, that will unlock this engineer for you. I don't know whether and how they tell us this. You know, if I, okay. let's say, say, for the sake of argument, I'm flying towards Sag A, and suddenly when I'm. Halfway to Sag A, I get a little message coming up on my screen, because you know one of the things we're getting made use of more is the inbox that we've got. Yeah. So I don't know if once I get halfway out to Sag A, I'll get a little message in my inbox saying, Hi, Commander Edelweiss, you know, I noticed you're out at Sag- going out towards Sagittarius A. When you come back, I might have some things for you. Or if it's just going to be a case of, now I've gone there, I still have to find this guy and all that kind of malarkey. Hopefully he'll say hi, come and get me. But more stuff we shall see. Yeah, 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 totally. Um, so the, one of the things that interests me, and I've not been able to pick this up yet from the, the stuff I've seen in the streams. Th- so this group of engineers, how many engineers are there roughly? Is there about? We don't have um, a clue. We don't have a clue. Okay, but they are 30. they are distinct characters. Yeah, we have 30 distinct separate engineers so far. Well, 30 is a lot more than I thought it was. Okay, I thought it was going to be like power play. I thought there was going to be like 10 or a dozen of them or something like that. Oh, that's interesting. And, and all these engineers, they're only going to have one location they can be found at. Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, that, that's slightly better than actually if there's 30 and they're all sort of distributed around space. Because my concern was there were only going to be sort of... 10 or so engineers in the galaxy and you were going to have to then go to their one location which is a little bit annoying if you're you know if you, you know if, if like, well no I was, thinking, I was thinking more like like i tend to hang around i generally hang around the old world so i'm normally in sort of lave area and if there's an engineer that i want to build a relationship with and regularly do stuff for if he's over like by akinar or something like that you know just pulling a system out of the air am i going to constantly have to commute <laughs> between where I like to hang around and where I can go and see this engineer. Um, yes. But yeah, if there's, if there's more of them, it seems more likely that there'll be somebody local, if you see what I mean. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, I know what you mean. It's one of these. Um, oh, it, it, you're going to have to go where where the um, the modifications are, aren't you? It, and no, it no, could no. be one of those things. Okay. It's one of the things that Frontier was saying about the fact that they want to be able to move players about, and this could be one of their yeah. subtleties of, of of making sure that you know you if you want if you want this kind of mods, then you head to this part of the galaxy. Yeah, no, and I get that. And you already have to basically go and grind Imperial space, you know, if you want the Imperial ships. So there's already an element of that, and I, I get that totally. But actually, like I say, my concern was that there weren't going to be many engineers, so that they were going to create kind of choke points uh, around the galaxy. But actually, if there's a fair few of them, they should hopefully balance out. Well, the main problem with the number is that, first of all, we don't know where they are. We're only going to know a couple. And that network is then going to spread. So there are going to be the choke points because everybody's really going to work out where these engineers are, the, the easy ones, so to speak. Mm. Uh, and then it's only when, we, when people play for a long time that the other 28, 29s of them would be um, found. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. And you have to remember that some of them, especially some of the better ones, you can only get through invitations to earlier engineers. Mm, it's like a, a secret order of or hierarchy of engineers <laughs> hidden away. Right, indeed. With silly, funny handshakes. I was thinking handshakes too, that's scary. Mm. Oh, are you telling me that all these engineers are running things behind the scenes? Ooh. <laughs> They're the foundation. <laughs> They're the dark wheel. No, um. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. So maybe on some of these things, then we have sort of covered some of the stuff in these videos about the the, the missiles and the torpedoes that affect things like mass lock. Um, this one was an interesting one, and again, I, d I don't want to come across as too negative about kind of ganking, um, <laughs> but the, it strikes. The, so they've got this thing, uh, a weapon here that shoots through shields, so it ignores yeah. shields and just does hull damage, which I can uh, see the benefit of. I thought it did both. I thought it did damage to shields and it did damage to hull. You're right, uh, hull, and it does. Uh, about okay. a 50 50 oh, I misunderstood thing. that. Right, okay. Because it doesn't cause module damage. Now, this strikes me. It, it's, this is only a, I'm just curious to know if, if, you, if you agree with me on this. Um, this sounds like something for a kind of a wing of ganking because the thing about module damage is module damage is a nice strategic way to have a duel if, there's, if it's like 1v1. Because what you're trying to do is you're trying to tip the balance of the fight in your favour by doing module damage. Yeah? yeah? Whereas if there's lots of you, you just want to get the hull down as quickly as possible. So it strikes me that this particular feature is very useful for ganging up and just destroying a ship with a heavy hull quickly. Um, you're, you're completely right. That's exactly what it's for, I think. Um, okay. I, I mean, Although they did say that over, over like the per period of killing a ship, it won't kill anything any faster. It's more that, you know, when you, you're taking out a ship and their shields are recharging, their shields are recharging, their shield, and they're down at, like, the last 5-10%, and then their shields come back up. It'll get annoying. you through that. That's the kind of thing it's aimed at, mm. apparently. <laughs> rather than, I'm going to shoot through your shields. Um, yeah. But it changes the balance, doesn't it? Because, I mean, yeah. I've always sort of felt that if an enemy ship's 
shields come back online, it's because I chose not to prioritise hitting their shield generator. So if I, for, so, so for example, the way I the way I do combat, particularly if I'm the hunter rather than the hunted, the first system I target is the frameshift drive, because it really annoys me when I've almost killed an enemy and then they jump away. So I always I, go for the frameshift drive. If, if if the web if the fight is going in my favour, I always go for the frameshift drive because I want to make sure they can't they can't run. But then I so when their shields then come back up partway through a fight, I sort of think that's fair enough. I could have targeted their shield generator if I'd wanted to, but I chose not to. In two point one, all the exciting live radio content should be appearing. And I the reason I thought of this is because of the the pilot AI. Because um, if, if for those of you that don't know. Frontier Developments did loads of lovely stuff for us for our 100th episode slash three-year anniversary. Two-year anniversary? Three-year anniversary. Three-year anniversary. Definitely three, yeah, yeah. Um, And one of the things we are getting is there will be an orange sidewinder in orbit around Lave Station, which will be called Lave Radio, and which will spam your chat window with lots of things that we say regularly on the podcast. Um, But one of the things that Steve Kirby did show us when we were at Frontier uh, is that this Sidewinder is is pretty tough. I mean, it's an A-rated Sidewinder with an elite AI pilot. So I'm sure lots of people will attack it because it's us and why wouldn't you, why, why wouldn't you attack us? Um, but I, I think it'll put up a pretty solid fight. So that's a very interesting indication because you wouldn't expect... Like at the moment, I wouldn't be particularly scared of an A-rated Sidewinder. No. Wouldn't, you know, how good can a Sidewinder be? But actually, if the pilot's really good, then then maybe you should be worried. So that'll be interesting to see. And the other exciting thing that should be appearing in 2.1 is on one of the planet, one of the moons of Dezo 6, uh, is of course we're getting our ground transmitter, which was part of our CG. So that should be appearing in 2.1. Be interesting to see. that get bombed? Yeah, quite. Um, be interesting to see whether that's in... I presume it'll be in beta. I presume they won't keep stuff out of beta that they want to put in the final release. But, you know, hey, there you go. Yeah, someone's saying it'd be nice if they could add audio. It'd be funny if the um, if the Sidewinder actually played in local kind of audio clips of clips of shows. Um, but I think the amount of doctoring they would need, I don't know. Just, just as long as you don't get the... When people get close to the sidewinder, they don't start hearing that theme tune that was done by Trevor Simon for us. Oh, that, that would be, be amazing. That would, that, that would do me head in. <laughs> that, would be, that would be immersion. Be like, oh, it's almost like the... Oh, Kelly's Heroes playing the song out of the Panzers. Yeah. yeah Not the Panzers, true. the... Oh, Oddballs Tanks. I know what you mean. Yeah. I do know what you mean. <laughs> Uh, so what else do we have to cover? So there were some specific questions here that they got answers to. Uh, are there any interesting things? I'll tell you what, fill me in on... Uh, another thing I've missed, I did see it in the newsletter. Um, fill me in on ice rings. What is special oh. about ice rings? Well, they're very pretty. I've seen that, them. That's, yeah, but the problem is with um, the pretty ice rings, there wasn't anything to do there. There was, um, you could visit them. Um, if you're lucky, you came across another ship and an NPC. But um, it didn't have any function apart from taking good screenshots. Well, one of the materials that are a couple of the materials that um, engineers will require are ice diamonds and some of the crystals. Now, both of those you have to mine from these ice rings. So it okay. gives people the opportunity to go there. 
get involved in a bit of a tussle, get some uh, mining done, and also look at some of the spectacular vistas. Because apparently um, the actual ice rings themselves have been through a graphical downgrade because um, they, they lost a lot of the... I think it was overloading some people's graphics cards at, at the lower end. But they've, they've gone and enhanced a lot of the... Uh, the routines to to render these, and um, they're they're slowing slowly coming back to the majestic levels that they were before. So it'll be it's worth to go visit there just to give your eyes a good time. Yeah, I, I must confess I've never been to one, but I think this is an indication of. I mean, when we when an interview David Braben, he sort of alluded to the fact that on their back end they can kind of they can track where players are going. So they've got a good idea of what players' footprints are sort of around different parts. So they must have worked out that no one is going to ice rings and, and had a good think about what can we do to attract people to them. So I think, you know, good on them. That, that's the kind of thing that you need. In order to show this game off to the best, you're going to need people visiting the points of interest yeah. that, you know... Sell it the best, sell it the most. Yeah, I, mean, I, I do know one thing that I am so going to do when we get ice rings in the real out of beta in the real game. One thing that I quite like doing is winging up with a bunch of the guys on the live radio TeamSpeak server, and we'll go off to a hazardous extraction site or something like that, and we'll just we'll wing up doing a whole lot of bounty hunting for an evening. So doing that in an ice ring rather than just a normal ring, is going to look so pretty, I think. Yeah, that's cool. Um, and it's a, it's a good, fun laugh of an evening as well. I mean, I know over the weekend, I think there was about eight, ten people all together on TeamSpeak doing this, and we were running out of ships a bit too quickly. But it was good fun anyway. Excellent. Excellent. So there's a few... Oh, we're not going to cover all this, because there were a lot of questions and a lot of answers. Uh, particularly interesting things. RAM scans have been fixed. I know this will be popular. Oh, well, yeah, but then, then we've lost that, uh, that wonderful advert, haven't we? Where you can claim <laughs> against the, the, the police for, for RAM scamming you. But, <laughs> we, we, but we, no. run, we run adverts for all kinds of things that are no longer in the game. We still run the cryogenics thing that's to do with losing <laughs> time in hyperspace. And that's a joke from Frontier. So, I don't yeah, we'll, we'll continue to play those ads. <laughs> Explorer mods, Ben. I just think it's something that you were saying earlier about how, how everything seems to be about guns and about the PvP and the pew pew pew. And these are, you know, it's just a bunch of things that we know we're going to be getting. So, for example, for explorers, they're going to be able to increase the jump range, they're going to be able to maybe reduce the power of the modules, which means that it reduces the amount of fuel that they use, which means they have to scoop less. Um, so is this going to be a way of um, getting explorers through some of those minefields of brown stars that can't be scooped? For example, yeah. Okay. Um, it's a bit of a gamble, it, isn't it? Oh, of if course. You get to, if you get to the middle of an uns- a field of unscoopable stars and you run out of range, then you're really stuck. And that's when you call the rock rats. What if, we, what if they can't get to you because you're like deep uh, in the, the middle? The rock of... rats can get everywhere. If you can get there, so can they. Do you mean if you're the like... No, I mean the, the rock rats. I'm, we mean the rock rats. Okay. They like sand. Uh. They get everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Fair enough. Now, the rock rats are a bunch of guys who basically helped out the Distant Worlds expedition, helping people if they run out of jumponium. Okie dokie. Awesome. 
Um, let's see what else. Oh, so engineers um, will throw hissy fits if you upset them. So you might get temporarily denied access to an engineer. I guess what if you do they give you missions and you fail them or something? I think. I think if I you think... do anything that that they dislike, so you know the, the concrete example was if you go and open fire on their base, they will shoot you and get rid of you, and then you won't be allowed to come back and play no more. That makes sense. Uh, but unfortunately, and I do I do actually mean unfortunately, once they dislike you, eventually that will decay over time, and they'll like you again. Unfortunately, people forget they do, uh... and it's, they forget <laughs> so quickly. Time heals all wounds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Revenge is a dish best served cold. Interesting point here. They're talking about because um, I saw people chatting about this in um, the, the the YouTube stream chat. If you have a special modification and your ship gets blown up, when you pay out your insurance, you get that special modification back. Mm-hmm. Yes, now you I do. get it. Yeah, I get it because. In a game like Elite, you want to keep death arguably nice and cheap, <laughs> so that so that yeah. dying isn't too game breaking. But it's also it's a little bit I don't know. It's weird, isn't it? It's like having made the fuss about getting these special upgrades. The fact that your insurance company can just provide them. I think it's a case of gameplay versus realism, and frankly, I think it is. No, 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 it is. It. Yeah, it is. Um, I suppose maybe. Oh, I don't know. I guess if you have an issue of it, and if you feel it's breaking your immersion, sell your weapon once you get it back again. <laughs> I wouldn't do that. And how many people are going to take that up? Anyone who wants to. Mm. <laughs> but I suppose it's like, I mean, it's a bit like in an RPG. Like, if you die and respawn, you don't expect to lose all your skills and your levels. Um, but, yeah. Ah, well. You anyway. did back in the 90s. <laughs> Yeah, you do if you play Dark Souls. Um, uh, What else have we got here? Okay, so beta is going to be in phases. Yes. So we're going to have... So is it just a phase one and a phase two, or is that just what they've announced so far? That's what they've announced so far. The change log is um, go forth and multiply massive. Uh, So... (laughs) <laughs> they've only covered the first two phases. Um, I do like the fact that the se- the second phase is where everything becomes dirt cheap, and they yeah. encourage us to go crazy with it. And it's it's yeah. our job to break it, to to stuff it, to make sure that the game can handle all these new mods that come in. So, um, I I can just imagine this turning into some mad version of the Hunger Games. <laughs> in the last <laughs> couple of weeks. Everyone's just firing interdiction rockets at each other and no one has any real weapons. One thing that they were talking about, and I think this sounds crazy, but you know the the gun that you can fire that knocks people out of the way? Mm-hmm. I have seen that. That looks like a lot of fun. It does look like a lot of fun, but they basically, they've managed in their internal testing to make a sidewinder travelling at over a thousand metres per second using this. Yeah, I'm expecting some sort of I'm, I'm expecting some sort of football like meta game where you're all basically in like a field and there is a player who is the nominated ball and you use this weapon to knock the sidewinder about and try and punch, punch it into a goal. If we don't get that game mode, I'm going to be very disappointed in the community. Sounds well volunteered, me. Chris. Me, that, no, that, that involves playing an open under no, that. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, no, but something like that. I mean, that would be that would be hilarious. Um, or snooker, um, sidewinder snooker. That'd be a good one. It's been a good week for the snooker. It's been a good week for Leicester. Snooker and football. <laughs> it's good, good, good time to be in Hinkley. Uh, um, yeah, so we've got phase one, uh, which is sort of, uh, I guess, the tentative beta rollout, and then phase phase two. They are also calling mayhem. Seems to be quite a favourite word uh, with Frontier, and that's just going to be everything. Um, so, what do we think? Um, still, do you reckon a week of each phase? Um, I, I think it'll be. Um, oh, I don't see this actually dropping until the beginning of June. So you basically got yeah. to the beginning of June. Uh, maybe yeah, a week of each, and then probably uh, evaluation to see how they've done, uh, and then maybe one final phase before it goes uh, to live. Sorry, someone's asking if snooker is British pool. I'm just explaining that pool is it's, it's like pool, uh, but it's actually difficult. <laughs> it's like pool, but a lot slower and a lot more <laughs> difficult to stay awake during. Uh, I love the snooker. <laughs> um, so we also have big news for what we like to refer to as our Xbox cousins. Oh uh, yes, Xbox is Xbox is getting Horizons. It is. <laughs> Um, and it says Horizons for Xbox One will launch in quarter two of 2016, um, featuring both 2.0 planetary landings and the forthcoming 2.1, the engineers. So the Xbox is going to get parity with the PC version very soon. And, and do we yeah. think that, I mean, that's going to be the 2.1, realistically, unless, I mean, maybe like a couple of weeks between them, but that's basically going to be with the 2.1 release, isn't it, surely? Yeah, well... What do you think it'll be later? I, th- I think it'll be a bit later. I mean, I know that they're, they're aiming for the same time, but you do remember they've got to deal with Microsoft as well. So the, yeah, Microsoft might throw in there. Yeah. They've got to do the certification process for 2.1, so I guess maybe that's not going to happen until... So, maybe, so what do you think then? 2.1 will go live on PC. They'll change a few things that only get broken when it goes live, because that always happens. That's, just, mm-hmm. that's nothing to do with Frontier. That's just coding. There are bugs. The, there are always bugs you don't find until you put them on the live system. Uh, and then what? Certification process. And then the Xbox will go, will drop after the... But that's going to be quite a big... Really, I mean, you'd think, that, you'd think they'd want to be more definite because the release of um, Horizons on, on Xbox should be a, a massive... Massive deal. So you, you would kind of think they would want to actually set a date in stone and make a big kind of media thing about it rather than just kind of letting the drop date sort of be left to chance. But yeah, I mean, Horizons for Xbox, that's huge. I mean, that's, you know, it's, it's actually sometimes I, I've, every now and again I've thought about it and I've thought actually it's amazing to think that people playing Elite on Xbox are basically still playing that first year of, of, of elite basically still kind of thing so for them to get planetary landings I think it's, it's huge and it's, it's going to be great um, yeah so is that, is that have we covered all the dev news or have we missed anything really good that we should be talking about I mean there are specific things that have been in some of the videos and the newsletters about specific weapons and specific things um, yeah. but other than getting into talking about absolutely everything I don't know um, the only thing I will say I mean obviously 
we can't show you it necessarily on the stream, I don't think. Um, but the engineer bases, we have talked about this a bit, uh, but that video of the sort of ship flying through all the struts of the engineer's base, that looks brilliant, doesn't it? It does. I must admit, I'm looking at that thinking, yep, that, that'll do me. Thank you very much. Um, it, it, it just gives you that little bit more of a lived-in feeling in the universe. doesn't feel generic like uh, some of the bases do. Yeah, no. Uh, it, yeah, it looks really nice. does it really nice. I'm going to, and it's going to encourage more stupid flying and more people getting <laughs> into trouble with engineers. Um, so maybe that's where the, um, the thing about the engineers getting unhappy with you <laughs> come from. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so uh, there's, a, there's a thing in the notes that I do not understand. There's a QQ about changes to the meta. What does that mean, Ben? It's basically what I was talking about earlier about how... People are very concerned about the shield cell boosters um, breaking their bre- breaking their shield cells, so breaking the shields. And there's concern that a wing of sidewinders or a couple of sidewinders and maybe a couple of big ships might be able to take out a federal cutter. So obviously, you know, obviously they're very expensive ships. They've got very powerful shields. They go off and run their shields or boosters to get their shields back up, and suddenly some schmuck in a sidewinder with a hundred credit rebuy cost manages to take out their shields, which obviously means it starts costing them real money to fix. (laughs) First of all, you're not going to have those kind of weapons on a hundred credit replacement sidewinder, are you? (laughs) <laughs> it, it, it's um, when it comes down to this it's, it's going to, I think they're making a mountain out of molehill it will be absolutely ages before these weapons are ready I'm hoping <laughs> yeah I think it's, it's, you know, it's difficult in any a multiplayer game when you kind of add new factors in because it does totally shift things around I mean I'm sorry we're not uh we are, I am turning this into Pokemon Radio, but it is always the danger. Whenever they bring out a new Pokemon game and they bring out a new range of like an extra hundred monsters, it always changes the balance. And there's always at least another ten Pokemon that get added to the competition ban list because they're just too powerful or too negative. Um, it's just why meta of multiplayer is just uh, tiring. <laughs> I pretty much agree with you there. I mean, I think you know, I understand where they're coming from about concern about very cheap ships being able to deal damage to a very powerful ship. But I personally feel, instead of saying this is overpowered and it needs to be removed from the game now, okay, thanks, bye, think about what other options you have. So okay, let let's see. Let's pretend you are in a cutter, and you're going against a wing of, say, maybe a couple of third lances and maybe an eagle Mark IV or something like that. No, the, uh, the uh, Imperial Eagle. So maybe you could fit one of these shield cell busting um, oh, railguns onto your Imperial Eagle. 
So you've got a very manoeuvrable little ship there, and it could be used to take out your federal your federal cost of shields. So just like in any modern navy, you don't have a fleet of ten aircraft carriers. You have one aircraft carrier and a bunch of frigates, a bunch of corvettes, a couple of you know, you've got all your little ships there protecting your big ship. So you've got your big federal cutter, and you've maybe got a fighter or two, and you've got a third lance or something like that, mm. rather than here's my here's four big slow ships getting whipped because they haven't got the brains to look for something to deal with a small maneuverable fighter. Yeah, I mean, I think it's quite cinematic, isn't it? I mean, I was watching mm. uh, which one is it? Return of the Jedi. There's a bit where. Um, a, a rebel ship goes out of control and ends up flying into the command window yeah, of like a star like. destroyer. Yep. And it's, it's this tiny little ship and it basically hits a window on the bridge of the star destroyer. And as a result of that ship crashing into the bridge, the whole, her, well, the whole reactor goes up and this, this star destroyer just ends up crashing into the surface of the second Death Star. And you sort of think, well, actually, that's... That's a pretty major design flaw. Well, we know that the Imperials have pretty major design <laughs> flaws, don't we? Yeah, it just <laughs> I mean, seriously. Yeah, but it's, 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 I suppose it's that sort of thing. I mean, you you should. I think there is a there is a narrative in science fiction that big ships are somehow susceptible to really small ships, and I don't think that's necessarily been true in Elite Dangerous necessarily. Um, just because things like the turreted lasers are just so accurate and powerful that actually it's very it's, you know there isn't there isn't this concept of flying between the guns because there is no between the guns if you know what i mean mm. but yeah i think you know really it's all about changes and i think whenever you have a release of a game with um you know whenever you have a release of a game with with a multiplayer component people get used to the dynamic of the combat and then as soon as you change a rule it shifts everything and I think it just takes a bit of time for the, uh, the the kind of balance of multiplayer to sort of settle down into a new rhythm. But as you say, if there is something that is massively overpowered, then obviously that needs dealing with and balancing. But I think sometimes people just don't like, you know, they've got used to playing the game a certain way and they don't want to learn to play it a different way. Uh, and that can always be uh, a point of resistance with any given release. Indeed. And we've got so many changes coming up. We just don't know how combat, especially PvP combat, is going to balance out. You know, I we, need to per- play, don't we? we do, but I personally hope it's going to be more like a game of Ultimate Rock Paper Scissors or something like that. So instead of <laughs> you know, instead of either having a like a stealth third lance or a shield cell tank, we're going to have a bazillion different options. And they're all good against some things, and they're all weak against other things. And I want, it has to be balanced, obviously. But I'll tell you one. Th- yeah, I'll tell you one thing that will uh, improve for some ships, and that's the ones with tons and tons of hard points, because you're able to basically, oh, I'll put one thing on that hard point, one point thing on the other. The problem with your sidewinder analogy is that um, a sidewinder's only got two small hard points. So you're going to have one of those, and then you've got to try and take out a covet with whatever you've got in the other one. 
I don't think that would work. Well, you got to remember that your mm. railgun with shield cell boosting killiness also does <laughs> also does damage to other things as well. It doesn't just kill shield cell banks. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, moving on because we are running out of time. We, we seem are. to have lots of things in our community corner. So, what is the uh, canon? Ask me anything. Uh, canon, ask me anything. On Saturday, canon didn't ask me anything. It was awesome. Um, go and look at it on Reddit if you want to skim it, I think. I think that's probably the best idea. Same idea with the Diamond Frogs. They also had an Ask Me Anything, and, you know, Diamond Frogs, bunch of awesome guys. Uh, I know they do a lot of stuff helping out the truckers. Love them all. They're great. Okay, just as a summary for people then, so the, uh, the Canon guys are a research group looking into things like the artifacts. And biscuits. Barnacles. Don't forget the biscuits. biscuits. Okay. Uh, and the Diamond Frogs are, what, a player group? Yeah. Well, I'm, the di- I'm basically they're the, the guys that you call if you want to wing up into a, into a very, very difficult area where okay. you know there's a load of griefers about. Oh, so I think that's that's what the Hutton truckers have been using them to help with. So if we're doing a convoy, we might get the Diamond Frogs in to help against certain smiling dogs or code interactions. Okay, and they've 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 formed their own fledgling power, the Galactic Coalition. Yep. Or oh, Galcop. That's funny. <laughs> trying to bring, they're, trying, yeah. they're trying to bring Galcop back into canon. As they, well, they, they should. Dave Hughes will be happy. Um, okay, yeah, we have we haven't done the, the sardines thing, uh, and the the fuel rats are doing a CG. Yes, can they refuel Jack Station in Galepsi twelve sixty nine? Okay, <laughs> what's, that, the, what's the background behind this? Well, um, isn't Galepsi is Station? Yep, go. Isn't Galepsi Station the one that jumps about the place? Jack's, Jack's, Jack's station is indeed the place that jumps around, but apparently it's it's grounded. Okay. Well, it's not grounded, it's spaced or something. <laughs> it's out of fuel, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So we need... The fuel routes <laughs> are taking on the ultimate of getting of fueling a space station. Brilliant. Where do you... Yeah, where do you... Yeah. As I say, you presumably then can't land on it and refuel. That would, that would counter the point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the, 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 how's that working? Because fuel isn't a tradable commodity necessarily. It is. So, you got hydrogen fuel as one of the tradable oh, commodities. Yeah, hydrogen fuel as a commodity. Yeah, yeah. Rather than mm-hmm. you're not actually transferring fuel from your ship to the station. <laughs> You'd be a nutter too, wouldn't you? <laughs> well, you know. Okay, no, uh, we have a. F- carry on. No, no, carry on. Uh, okay. the, the uh, moment was gone. <laughs> No, no, it's fine. Uh, if anybody has any questions for us, throw them into the uh, Lave Radio IRC chat uh, or Twitch in the next few moments, and I will look out for them. Do we have any in-game commanders for you guys? Uh, you're not really hanging around outside no. Lave, are you? I'm not outside of Lave, but Ashley Wilkinson has come and joined me um, in George's pants. You just enjoy saying that, don't I, you? I do, I, indeed, yes. Yeah, well, I'll be back in Lave in two minutes. I've just been running missions for the... Uh, for both myself and the Lave Radio uh, network, so... Okay, fantastic. Uh, I'm just going to do a little shout-out for our good friend Michael Brooks, because I've just spotted an email that's popped up on my phone. Um, so, as many of you uh, may know, Michael Brooks 
is a uh, a, a very prolific <laughs> novel writer. I've never known anyone release as many novels as um, uh, as Michael Brooks does. Uh, his one of his more recent books, uh, Sun Dragon, uh, which he did a, a fantastic release online for uh, some weeks ago. It's on um, Kindle Countdown this week, so you can pick up Sun Dragon for ninety nine p if you do not already have it. So this is Michael Brooks's kind of near future science fiction novel. Uh, so yeah, go and check that out if you like uh, Michael's stuff. Um, Why does it have to be on Kindle? I don't want it on Kindle. <laughs> I know I could, Yes, I know. I know that, but it's still a Kindle formatted ebook, and I don't. You know, give me it as an EPUB, please. Uh, I know. <laughs> okay, and Commander Wu is saying Sun Dragon is a very good read. So there you go. Uh, I'm actually, do you know what? I'm, it's one of the things I feel terrible about. I'm my actual book reading has really struggled in the last few years because of large, basically because of my 3DS, my comic book subscription, and Netflix. I find mm. novels rarely get a look in, and I, I feel very unhappy about that because I love reading novels. One of my favourite things. Yeah, this damn game has uh, stopped me reading. <laughs> well, yeah, there is that. I was going to say, I'm kind of the same, but it's, I'm, I'm still kind of sort of reading, but basically I, I just, I love Audible, and I know after going at, I know Audible and Kindle are the same company, okay? I'm allowed to be a hypocrite, but I love, <laughs> yeah, I love Audible, and because of so many awesome books in Audible, listening to them, reading and doing stuff, whilst I am pottering around the kitchen, whilst I'm cleaning, hell, I even take my audiobooks in on a waterproof speaker whilst I'm in the shower. You know, it's like any, anything I can do, I can be listening to an audiobook more or less, unless I'm having to actually do some work and you know, concentrate and stuff. But anything else, I can be listening to an audiobook. Am, am, I, am I allowed to say that I, I don't want you listening to Escape Velocity in the shower? Am I allowed to say I already have? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be sitting and editing Escape Velocity and I'm going to be thinking, oh, God... Ben's uh, in the shower. And I've been, <laughs> I've been listening to your tones whilst I've been going to sleep. Oh, lovely, lovely. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, just to mention Audible, just anyone, because I, I imagine there are probably one or two fans of the Alien series, um, there is a new audio drama based on Alien, an official Alien audio drama that has been produced by the excellent Dirk Mags. Um which may or may not be an Audible exclusive. I will be unhappy if it is, because I don't actually have a, uh, an Audible subscription, because I, I do want to hear the Alien audio drama. looks really good. I'm also encouraging that Audible are doing more audio dramas, because they've, they've blown a bit hot and cold over the last few years with actual full cast stuff versus books. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Hopefully, hopefully there's a bit of a sea change there with Audible actually doing more full cast stuff. Um, is Dirk Max not working with Big Finish anymore? I don't believe Dirk Mags has ever worked with Big Finish. Well, yeah, I thought the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy was Big Finish, and that. No, 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 that was a BBC production. Oh, okay, I take that one back. So, so, a, so a lot of Dirk Mags's mainstream work actually is with the BBC, but he also does a lot of his own stuff. Um, and no, 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 Big Finish very much do their have have their own kind of thing that they do. But yeah, it was interesting. So both the actors I had here today uh, with me today were both are both people who've done a lot of stuff with Big Finish. So it's really nice to kind of talk to them about what the guys over there do. Um, and that sort of thing. So, yeah, really interesting. Um, anyway, so the Uncle Art Kickstarter made it across the line. I presume this is the film. 
this yes, is Uncle is the, the film. film, yeah. yeah. They got uh, 10,500 out of 8,000, which means, I, I think that means that they are going to be able to do their stretch goal as well, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that we discovered was that um, for filming at Abbey Road, if that if that thing goes public, then they've got to pay Abbey Road an astonishing amount of money. <laughs> so, really? yeah, so, I mean, that's Oops. where half the cash went to. It's difficult because I'm looking forward to the Amiga, the Bedroom Years documentary, which is only a couple of weeks away from actually being sort of finished and they've got to wait for clearances for some of their interviews they've shot for the film it's all the whole thing's a massive minefield mm. well but I, I am, for that kind of thing always is yeah but I am, I am really looking forward to the Amiga documentary you'll, you'll be hearing from me once I've watched that because I'm, I'm really looking forward to it um, so we are basically wrapping up here do we have any in-game shout-outs Colin? I have just pulled into Lave Station and I am don't think no, there's nobody here at Lave Station. That probably, means, that probably means you're in the wrong instance. I know that Mindwipe was there, <laughs> and I know a bunch of people were there, because uh, they were all saying, are you coming to Lave Station, Ben? And I was like, no, I'm, I'm down in George's pants. Yeah, sorry, and again, you, you just love saying that, don't you? <laughs> saying what? <laughs> oh, hang on, we have one empty box, which is Commander Cometborn, who's just been hanging around here. For ages, I don't even know if you listen to Live Radio. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, Commander Cometborn. So, hello to Commander Cometborn. You're the only person I see here today. (laughs) Fantastic. Okay, that's it for another episode of Live Radio. Uh, If you'd like to get in touch with the show, then you can email info at laveradio.com. Uh, Facebook slash Lave Radio and we are at Lave Radio on Twitter. You can join the Discord channel by going to tinyurl.com forward slash Lave Radio or you can join our TeamSpeak server where commanders come to hang out and chat laveradio.teamspeak3.com If you can't find us on any of those channels we're obviously just ducking you. <laughs> Lave Radio is recorded live roughly every Tuesday evening at 2030 uh, currently BST, and we are streamed out laveradio.com forward slash live. Um, thank you to everybody who came and listened tonight. Thank you to Frontier for fantastic news and development stuff this week. Um, and until next time, fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly dangerous.
Damn it. No worries, guys. Hold the fork for two seconds. I'll be right back. Yeah, side one. Yeah, side, side ball. Side. <laughs> yeah, Calvin ball by stealing. <laughs> that is totally it. <laughs> and I think, oh, God, what was that supposed swim costume, I guess you could say, that certain wannabe celebrities were wearing? Okay, I'm getting lost now. Okay, uh, I, I'll yeah, we won't go there. No, no, let's let's not go there. Um, I'm sorry, Ben. Just put a picture in the chat that yeah, I, I, yeah, I, yeah. I no, no uh, we're not discussing the picture that Ben put. <laughs> I I know the bikini thong thing you were talking about, and that is quite unpleasant. Um, I feel a bit ill. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty bad. It's actually not the worst one I've seen, but uh, well, it is. It is Grant's been kind of away, so I ha- I had to do something to <laughs> to torment you this evening, Colin. Sorry. Excellent. I think I got a bit of sick in my mouth. Yeah, 